Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. Today's show, we're going to cover some WikiLeaks compilations. It'll be a short segment. Then we're going to day one of what we like to call the Democratic National Convention. Um, well, I guess that's what the, the world calls it, and I like to call it. Let's roll out every minority group we possibly can. Divide, 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 and divide. It's the uh, 26th of July. Um, sitting in a hotel, and you're going to have some cold air blowing in the background. Um and I'm watching day two. We'll take some notes and bring that up for the uh, next podcast. Just do like I did last time. Have, uh, you know, the next couple of days kind of crammed into one uh, big painful thing. I'm not doing a lot of sound bites for this one because it's just too, too painful. But it's been very energetic. Day one was energetic, so what I'll say. And I'm going to play mostly the negatives uh, and the lowlights because that's what I do. They're Democrats, and I can't stand them. So uh, into our first section. I'm going to make this kind of brief because we've kind of covered a lot of it, but I got a perfectly updated list of everything that was in WikiLeaks. But once again, folks, um, it's now Russia. Russia with periods of Russia, with Russia, and Russia wants Trump, and they're all colluding with Russia, and... Once again, like I've said in the numerous podcasts, it's just so retarded. This is logically happening. Only shows how complicit our media is. Because I thought he was the unstable one that nobody in the world would ever want to have. He's going to ruin the world because he's so unstable, but somehow Russia wants him to. And it goes against 2012 where, once again, they said, hey, the 80s is calling you. The 80s is calling you. Russia's our friend. Hillary reset it. It's just so illogical. So... Here's a list done by basically Bernie Sanders supporters. Uh, DNC members killing horses for insurance money. DNC making fun of black women's name. DNC telling each other I love you too, but not too homo. DNC requesting a poll on MSNBC commentary segment. DNC controlling the narrative with time release stories. DNC conspiring to create false Trump information and release with Reuters, which went along with it. DNC Hillary supporters infiltrated Sanders' campaign. DNC members going to com- complain to Morning Joe, which we covered. DNC discussing the relationship with NBC, MSNBC, CNN, and how to get better treatment. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. Their fragile relationship with MSDNC. Such bullshit. Um, Super PAC paying young voters to push back online Sanders supporters. DNC Chair Washman Schultz having an off-the-record meeting with Phil Griffin in his office. Being messed with by the Washington Examiner, which I'm now going to start following. Discussing Hillary's policies as unfeasible. 200000 k for a private dinner with Hillary. Offering to send enters out as fake protesters, faking outrage, and pasting in a video later. Bringing up Sanders' religion, we covered. Possible money laundering by moving money back and forth 
to bypass legal limits. We talked about the Politico writer sending his stories to the DNC. DNC feeding CNN questions, creating a fake job, we covered. Hillary funding $2 million in coordinated campaign in battleground states to win back the Senate. DNC is upset about their allies didn't send in protesters. Clinton Foundation quid pro quo worries are lingering, will be exploded in the general. $50,000 to Lawrence Benison. Content and social strategy. Draft linking news articles about Trump to use as negative press. Some chick is angry she hasn't been given more stuff from Obama administration. Might be interesting to follow up. There was a state dinner. Tim O'Brien, Trump's fixation on inflating his net worth is a cause for concern. Hillary for America raised $26.4 million in April, began May with more than $30 million cash on hand. For approval, Trump supporter graphics to try to demonize the supporters of Trump. Because when you can't improve your poll numbers, you might as well go after the people that are voting for him too, right? Let's just alienate 50% of the country. It's what Obama did. Worked for him. Press talking points states Hillary is their candidate. Dated May 5th. More of a smoking gun than the ambiguous talk in the emails themselves. It actually shows the talking points they gave to the media and the media used it. Consultant calling Megyn Kelly a bimbo. A DNC trying to get away with violating the Hatch Act. And Democrats using interns to organize fake protesters. There's seven different emails. But one of the worst is action on DNC tomorrow. Immigration raids. Immigration raids. They were concerned that raids that were going to actually enforce the laws were going to hurt their chance of winning the election. That shows you how well she's going to do it, President, and securing our borders. So as you know by now, and if you don't, uh, right after it happened, Hillary sent a statement saying, I'm not going to read it, but in, instantly, instantly she was hired on as the 50 state chair for Hillary's campaign. So she didn't get fired. She just got moved over to a different job. And then because the DNC was sending out so many talking points prior to this leak, these are the titles, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different networks. This is the headline they had for their website or for their paper. There's Boston Globe in here. No, it's all websites. I'm sorry. I'll read just a couple. Here's CBS News. Donald Trump offers dark vision of America and GOP convention speech. NBC Donald Trump takes America on a journey to the dark side. The New Yorker, Donald Trump dark, dark convention speech. The Boston Globe, the dark, frightening America of Donald Trump. And that all came from the DNC to the media. And it's still happening. Like I said, we haven't changed. We're still calling it 
Russian intervention. It's no longer WikiLinks. And that's scary. So Donna Brazil has been brought into the Feist chair. We've already covered her on the show. She's a super shill, and she's been suspended. And that leads up to day one of the convention with the protesters with shit going crazy and the eve of that I will play this soundbite before we head into the day one of the DNC here is a mashup of Hillary Clinton on 60 Minutes being interviewed Something that's in the news today, some internal emails from the Democratic National Committee have come out that appear to show an effort to undermine the candidacy of Bernie Sanders. Brad Marshall, the chief financial officer of the committee, wrote in an email for Kentucky and West Virginia, can we get someone to ask his belief? Does he believe in a God? He had skated on saying he has a Jewish heritage. I think I read he's an atheist. This could make several points difference with my peeps, end quote. Did you know anything about any of that? No, and I I didn't know anything about it, and and I haven't uh, read any of those, but I am adamantly opposed to anyone bringing religion into our political process. I, I mean, the Constitution says no religious tests, so... That is just absolutely wrong and unacceptable. But maybe the point, Madam Secretary, is you have people in the Democratic National Committee who are supposed to be, if you will, agnostic about who the nominee is going to be. And they seem to have their thumb on the scale for you. They seem to be working against Bernie Sanders, their fellow Democrat. Again, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about uh, about these uh, emails. I haven't followed it. But I'm very proud of the campaign that I ran. And I'm very proud of the campaign that Senator Sanders ran. In your view, any effort in the DNC to favor one candidate or another would have been improper? Again, I don't have have any information about this. And so I can't answer specifically. We ran our campaign. We ran hard. We worked to have as many uh, successes as possible. I'm very proud that... We got more votes than anybody else running, including Donald Trump. Uh, And I am very uh, grateful uh, for the campaign that Senator Sanders ran because we ran a campaign based on issues, not insults. So I can't speak to what people who were not working for me, um, who were uh, saying whatever they were saying, I can't speak to that. I can only speak to my campaign. I was a DNC chair. So, you know, uh, during the first Obama term, you're not going to find anybody at the DNC or the RNC or any political organization who is a complete agnostic who doesn't have an opinion about a candidate. I mean, <laughs> those of us who are kind of in the realm, we got opinions about people. So, But there's a difference between having an opinion about somebody, having a candidate that you prefer over somebody else. There's a difference between that and trying to alter the outcome. What's your responsibility for Benghazi? Did you make any mistakes around that? Well, Scott, there have been, 
I think now nine separate investigations and they did not find any such culpability. Um, I took responsibility. I was Secretary of State uh, and I thought that was appropriate. And what I was determined to do uh, is to find answers as to what actually happened, not what people claim, and what we could do to try to prevent that. That was in the tradition of what has happened in the past. We had horrible losses in Beirut when Ronald Reagan was president. One of my favorite uh, former predecessors, George Shultz, was uh, Secretary of State. We had a Democratic Congress. Didn't politicize it. So when this happened in Benghazi, I immediately stood up an independent uh, committee, distinguished Americans, military and civilian experts, they came out and they said, you know, the ball was dropped um, in security and, you know, some of the decisions that were made uh, probably should have been rethought. But wasn't that your ball to carry? No, it wasn't. political exercise from the very beginning. Uh, those never reached me. Those never came to my attention. The concerns the, about the security yeah, never the, came to your attention, no, the didn't ex, reach you. The experts, we have security experts. I am not going to substitute my judgment for people who have been in the field, who understand what our men and women are up against. So this has all been investigated over and over again. But as Tim was just saying, it didn't get the result that some of the Republicans wanted, so they kept at it. And I feel very sorry that they have politicized it unlike any prior example. And I just think the most important challenge we face is learning from it and doing everything we can to keep our people safe. I've got I was speaking to a young African-American man just the other day in a Democratic state. And he said, and I'll quote, you know, I guess I would vote for Hillary, except for that corruption problem, end quote. As I talked to him further, he didn't quite know what he meant by that, but that was his impression and concern. Why do you think people say that about you? Well, first, I will take responsibility for any um, impression or anything I've ever done that people um, have legitimate questions about. But I think that it's fair to say uh, there's been a concerted effort to convince people like that young man of something. Nobody's quite sure what, but of something. I often feel like there's the Hillary standard, and then there's the standard for everybody else. What's and, the Hillary standard? Well, it, it is, uh, you know, a lot of, as you saw at the Republican convention, uh, unfounded, inaccurate, mean-spirited attacks with no basis in truth, uh, reality, which take on a life of their own. And for whatever reasons, and I don't want to try to analyze the reasons. I, I see it. I understand it. Um, people are very uh, willing to say things about me, to make accusations about me that are, are I don't get upset about them anymore, but they, they are very regrettable. Why do you put yourself through it? Because I really believe in this country, and boy do I believe in it now more than ever after seeing what was presented last week. I, I believe that we are better than what we are hearing in the political discourse. I believe we can work together. What? 
Yeah, she, it is going to be a third term of Obama. So to the first thing, do you actually believe her best friend, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and her didn't know what the fuck was going on over there? Are you fucking stoned? Bernie knew. Bernie supporters knew. We all knew. It was obvious. I'm not even a Democrat. I knew. Then, as a Secretary of State, it wasn't my ball to carry security. People are dead. What difference does it make? She just doubled down on what difference does it make? I'm sorry the Republicans couldn't get what they wanted. Really? And she ends like her entire presidency will be. It's not me. I do nothing wrong. It's a right-wing conspiracy. So folks out there, if you're undecided and you're questioning who you should vote for, do you want another fucking four to eight years of I am not to be blamed for everything. It's everybody else's fault. It's just a right-wing conspiracy. It's George W. I mean, she's going to start off blaming Barack Obama and then go to the GOP. Then she'll go back to Bush. She'll probably bait you know, blame frickin' Reagan for shit. Right-wing conspiracy. That's the worst thing she could have said. And if she wanted to improve her personals with people and the trust factor, she would own up, I have been accused of things that I could understand people would see me being as a person that does skirt the law. But I don't. Because every time I'm found that I haven't done anything. But in the end, she knows she can't say that because when you break it down where there's motherfucking smoke, there's motherfucking fire. And that bitch has been on fucking fire forever. Sorry-ass excuse for a freaking politician. Sorry-ass excuse. To a music break, our DNC song again because I love it so much. And segment two, DNC, day one. We're rolling out people in wheelchairs. We wish you happy holidays, whoever you may be. Oh. So Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, or heck, all three. We modernize these jingles for the massive bourgeoisie. Love the updated Christmas carol team. You'd better not judge, you better not hate, you better not bully or discriminate. Progressive Santa's come into town. He's making a list of gluten-free foods. He won't take a peek at J-Law's new Progressive Santa's coming to town. He's 50 different races. And all for tax reform. He'll protect all your children. Well, as long as they've been born, you'd better watch out. It's too far? Okay. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, reindeer had an advantageous nose. He outlived his friends. He passed his bright red traits on. Traits on. Darwin said that's how it goes. Evolution's not a theory. Mary, did you know ding, 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 that ding, your baby boy supports the NRA? Mary, did you know ding, ding, that your baby boy is white? Did you know? Deck, 
the halls with Coochie Chuggalia. Wah, 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 Mr. Grinch, you're lacking in fairness. epidermis determines your success, Mr. Grinch. Racist who's constrain you to the issues they continue to suppress. You're an outlier, Mr. Grinch. You give the poos a fright They say your heart is three-fifths normal You're either wrong or white, Mr. Grinch Don't walk the streets of Whoville You might fight a cop The poos will not impact Racially ambiguous holiday Away in a manger with Jesus and crew His schmeckle got cut cause hey Christ was a Jew Oh holy night The stars are brightly shining It is the night Jesus did Something holy I don't know the whole story Joseph Watched golf, right? His leather chair reclining As Mary birthed a child I think a donkey was involved Any help here? God? Three wise men came with GPS They found him Christ lied in a barn as his omniscient baby daddy tucked him in Jesus called on his knees His mom shared it on Snapchat Celebrated Christmas. Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed.
Yes, my friends, that's what the media is not showing you, and that's the chants that have been going since fucking Saturday night. Non-stop protests. Remember, the RNC was supposed to burn to the ground. There was going to be end of days with zombies. But that's all you're hearing. Oh, and that's just that day, okay? That's before the convention. Here's some more. During the convention. Good morning, Florida. It is so wonderful to be able to be here in my home with my home. 
let's hear, let's be respectful. Please be quiet so Debbie can see. Okay, everybody, let's hear from our speakers and other speakers as well. Thank you all so much. just yesterday, when there were children who were in harm's way and people lost their lives. We, uh, we know something, we know something in Florida about making sure that we can have the voices across our state heard. Standing with the people who were injured and who were killed is so incredibly important. So I know that you and I together will continue to fight to make sure that people who should not have guns cannot get access to them. And I will continue to fight every day with you to make sure that that doesn't happen.
who have been, you know, kind of lapsed in the political arena. And he's got the message that we all want. Well, I feel the Democratic nominee ought to be Bernie Sanders. I uh, think the Clinton people stole it. I uh, think the, cor the corruption is starting to become more publicly known with the WikiLeaks and such. I still think Bernie, I still think there are rational people in the DNC and I think Bernie could be the candidate. Uh, I haven't given up at all. I think it's unlikely, but I, I think it's possible and I'm here to support Bernie. I'm not here to protest, I'm here to support. Uh, Sir, 
your, son, your son says Bernie or bust. What does that mean? The Democratic Party's been colluding with Hillary, and they're just not being democratic or fair or gave Bernie a chance. So we're here to show support for him. to make their voices heard louder and stronger than ever before. Because we have a choice, a profound choice this November. And we have to make this choice in a time when this nation finds itself at the crossroads of history and hope, a time of great promise, progress, and potential, but also a time of social unrest, hate speech, and war. Hillary Clinton was born for such a time as this. And that is why, and that is why we are going to have a different kind of convention than the one we saw in Cleveland last week. because Hillary Clinton and Tim Kaine want to build an economy that works for everyone, not just the people at the top. An economy, an economy where everyone pays their fair share, an economy where if you work hard, you can get ahead and stay ahead. Hillary Clinton and Tim Kaine want to bring steady and stable leadership to the world. <laughs> They'll work with our allies to keep America and the rest of the world safe and secure. Hillary Clinton and Tim Kaine want an America where there are no barriers to opportunity, equality, or justice. Excuse me. Excuse me. Where we lift each other up where every voice from every race, religion, and sexual orientation is heard and respected. Over the, and the future of our party. 
We're going to unite and we're going to make history. Oh, it was beautiful. That's Washerman Schultz getting booed off a of stage. That's people out in the damn streets protesting. And that is the beginning as they gaveled in. These jackholes booed the prayer. Mm -hmm. The prayer. They booed everything. Every time our name was done, boo, boo, boo. It was so bad that the Joker, Andrea Mitchell, the Hillary shill on NBC, well, she got her feelings hurt. I want to uh, bring in Andrea Mitchell. She joins me on the phone. She was inside the Florida delegation at breakfast. Andrea, what did you hear? Because for us, we heard cheering, we heard cheering. It really seemed quite chaotic. Uh, she was booed off the stage. I've never seen anything like this. The chair of the Democratic Party, a congresswoman from Florida, uh, who has been enormously popular within her district and is facing re-election, uh, was absolutely booed by protesting Bernie Sanders supporters right off of the stage. She had to break off her speech, trying to shout over them, finally gave up and was escorted out by security. Uh, pretty unprecedented, unprecedented. Uh, and it is only a, a, a hint of what would happen if she shows up on the podium scheduled to gavel it down at 4 o'clock today. Ed Rendell on MSNBC on Morning Joe earlier suggesting that she really should not even do that. And I think between now and 4 o'clock there's going to have to be a lot. There has to be a lot of soul searching and a lot of political wisdom uh, for people advising her because I can't see how she can show up on that podium without multiplying the effect of what just happened downtown Philadelphia Hotel. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> Given what just happened at that breakfast, what would the DNC's motivation be to continue to have her on that podium tonight at a night that's all about unity? And you've got people like Michelle Obama and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren who do get uh, big support from crowds are up there speaking. Why still keep her? Well, they probably figured that they could have her gavel down because they gavel in around 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's not prime time. They figured that that would get it out of the way and still clear the decks for their prime time, prime time uh, big-name speakers. But I'm not sure that uh, they can still do that because whatever happens at 4 o'clock is going to be put out there on social media and on uh, live, of course, on MSNBC and recycled to all of the evening newscasts and prime time on MSNBC and picked up by the Republicans and tweeted out by Donald Trump. I mean, it just is not... Uh, on a day when they're trying to project unity. Folks, here's what's so bad about this. The media is downplaying it. The media has not been going crazy like they usually do. Like, remember when Cruz tried to play his floor fight? He wasn't even close. There was no way he could win. The bound delegates are, were already committed to Trump, so there's no way they could have pulled it off. But he was closer. Bernie's not even close. Right now they're doing it. It's 1984 to 1273. She's got like two more states and it's over. And she'll be the first female president ever. Oh my God. The first. They're just playing that shit up like you wouldn't believe. So, <clears throat> to some articles on it. Bernie Sanders supporters chant her lock it up in Philadelphia. Look how the media starts it. It's not just 
Republicans that want presumptive Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton in prison. At a lively Sunday march in support of former Democratic presidential candidate Bernard Sanders' chance of lock her up, Hillary for prison signs and t-shirts, and calls for indictment were common among the most ardent supporters of Mr. Sanders, who arrived in Philadelphia to make their voices heard to the delegates attending the national the DNC convention. Republicans used last week's Republican National Convention to make the case that Mrs. Clinton's perceived ethical lapse made her unfit for office. Delegates to the Republican convention would be heard chanting, Lock her up! Hillary for prison! Shirts and bumper stickers have been proliferated across the country. Ms. Clinton hasn't been accused of any criminal wrongdoing. In fact, FBI investigator Dame Comey specifically said her use of private civil government work did not rise to the level that would justify criminal charges. However, Mr. Comey called her extremely careless and blah, 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 and then they start defending her. This is the media. They have a picture of a lady with a Hillary for prison shirt. So they started actually talking to him because they're, they're getting outside the lines. You're liberals. You're not supposed to. Javier Ruiz. That's a Latino, folks. But remember, all the Latinos are voting for her. None are going to vote for Trump. Listed the 2012 Benghazi terrorist attack, her use of personal emails, and refusal to unconditionally condemn hydraulic fracturing or fracking as a reason she should be imprisoned. Erica Albinez, who traveled from Oregon, wore a Hillary for prison shirt, and she wandered out of park after a four-mile march. She said Miss Clinton was guilty of purging, perjury adding she lied about her documents and her emails. Dylan Melnick, 24, from Boston, carried a sign in the march that said Hillary for prison 2016. He basically inferred under any other circumstances she might be indicted, but because she's Hillary, she won't be indicted, Mr. Melnick said about Mr. Comey's press conference. Isn't this scary that it's not in the media? You're not seeing any of this make ABC, NBC, CBS, none of them, folks. They're not covering this. When I see this, you know, crooked Hillary, I see the locker up. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mrs. Clinton knew running mate Tim Kaine sent in a preview of an interview, 60 Minutes. Jeff Flake, a Republican senator from Arizona, wrote on Twitter last week, Hillary Clinton now belongs in prison. Come on. We can make the case that she shouldn't be elected without jumping the shark. A spokesman for Mrs. Clinton didn't respond. Right now, I'm looking on the floor, and Oklahoma's going up, and they pulled up a freaking 20-foot banner for Bernie Sanders. They can't even see the speaker. This is what happens when the media doesn't do their job. There's All you've heard is one poll or 90... You know, there was a, a poll by freaking... Uh, Quinnipiac that said 90% of them are going to vote for her. So this is a non-issue. And the media doesn't push and the media doesn't research it because they don't give a fuck. They want Hillary too. They want to have it. But this is the problem. This was a CNN article. How many things? Six? Four. Four things that's facing Hillary before she starts her convention. 68% say Clinton isn't honest and trustworthy. 68%. That's not Republicans, folks. 68% of Americans. Her image has never been worse. CBS shows 31% have favorable views 
of Clinton, and 56% have unfavorable ones. Even in Trump's worst day on the campaign trail, he has rarely dipped below 31% favorable ratings. Clinton has hit the number a few times, but her negative 25 net favorable rating here is tied for the worst of her campaign, according to Huffington Post. In a CNN poll, the 39% who say they have a favorable view of Clinton is lower than any point in CNN's regular polling since April 1992, when she wasn't even the first lady. Gallup's new number on Monday, 30% favorable, 57% unfavorable. The third thing, just 38% would be proud to have her as a president. Those are the 38% who are just voting because she's female. Right now, a transgender guy is calling in the role for, what state is this? Oklahoma. You had to put that guy on there because that's, that's what they do. And he's a Bernie supporter, by the way. Articles were so bad on this going all on the rest of the media, not the mainstream media. Bad omen much? Holy moly, major booze for Hillary during the DNC opening prayer. This is from the floor. Well, at least they didn't boo God. During the opening prayer, yes, a prayer at the Democratic National Convention, the speaker praised Hillary Clinton, and then this happened. Zeke Miller, a Democrat. Some booze during the prayer when the reverend says there's nominating Hillary Clinton here. Then they pushed the Russia stuff so bad on day one. Julian Assange slams corrupt Hillary Clinton in first interview following WikiLeaks. Isn't this lefty bashing lefty where he said there is no truth to the Russian regardless of what they're telling you. Another article. Pictures of Sanders supporters day one. A lady sat on the floor the entire time with a silenced mark across her mouth. Then they took all the love Trump, love Trump's hate. They took the sign and they dotted it out and they say, love Bernie or Trump wins. That's what it said. Vox had a live blog, DNC live blog. Sanders delegates chant lock her up on convention floor. Picture of Susan Saranda in the convention, pouting the entire time. Keith Oberman chimes in, has a warning for pro-Bernie boo birds. All of these booing at the DNC might as well be taking cash from real Donald Trump and his friends, the Russian hackers, because that's how they're still trying to push it. It's Russia. It's Russia. It's Russia. It was worse than every day in the RNC. But as you'll see by the time we're done, because Michelle Obama got up there, and for the second time in her life, she was actually proud to be an American. Everything's fine by today. Even Morning Joe was, they covered it for a few seconds. They went, but unity's here. Everything's perfect. Everything's perfect. Everything's perfect. So... Okay, uh, not going to play a lot of speeches. Here's all my notes. It was major fluff anti-Trump. Pro-zero borders with a dose of Espanol. With 15 of 36 speakers were Latin. Three of them illegal, which the media lauded. And I asked the question, how did they get in the convention? 
you have to have an ID card to get in the convention. So how do they, do, what do they use? If they're illegal, do they even have an ID? Maybe they went to a sanctuary city. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Hmm. They even used the little girl plant who was the beginning, who said she was so scared that Trump was going to build the wall. Do you remember that in the beginning of the campaign last year? She rolled that tire shit out, and that was what she was using to bash Trump, and it didn't really work. So I was stuck in the hotel, and I could only watch CNN. Every speaker that came on, every video that came on, they stopped talking and went to it. And I want you to objectively look at what they did last week. You saw none of the videos for Trump, even on Fox. I was flipping around. I had to find a lot of the speakers and a lot of the videos on DirecTV's no commentator coverage. Couldn't get it. On CNN's, CNN's panel all night, there was one conservative. Everybody else was with her. During it, they rolled out a lady who had cerebral palsy. Just because he made fun of the New York Times reporter who was handicapped. And why do I write that down? The entire shtick was Trump in his own words... They are so petty, everything he's ever said, they refuted with a validator that really wasn't talking about Hillary, but was bashing Trump. For me, it was more bashing than the RNC. Across the board, everything, every speaker, even Mrs. Obama with her pantheon of the greatest speeches you ever hear, which you'll hear later, she docked them. And my note was, very dark convention. Just very, very dark. So then they roll out the skank Sarah Silverman. Now I want you to know, for those that don't follow her, she's a comedian. The things she says online about Christians is irrefutably worse than anything I ever see about a Muslim from racists. But yes, she gets on the stage. Illegal immigrants get on the stage. Lena Dunham, a pedophile, gets on the stage. Michael Brown's mom, who pushes the don't hands, don't shoot, gets on the stage. Sarah Silverman gets on the stage. And, well, you can look at, listen yourself to what happened. Al, get out of my frame. As some of you may know, I support Bernie Sanders and the movement behind him. necessary evil and by the way citizens united isn't that such a beautiful name for something that means billionaires buying politicians good lord rails against the very spirit of our, our democracy and I'm very glad that Hillary uh, has vowed to overturn it not only did Bernie wake us up he made us understand what is possible and what we deserve. You know, my shrink uh, says, we don't get what we want, we get what we think we deserve. And Bernie showed us that all of America's citizens deserve quality health care and education, not just the wealthy elite. I know, it sounds so obvious. Who wouldn't agree with that? But uh, yet it's not what's been happening. 
happen to believe the crazy notion that people who maybe weren't born with the same opportunities as you and me should be given the same opportunities as you and me. And all it takes to accomplish this is everyone, is all of us. Or as a pretty kick-ass woman once said, it takes a village. This Democratic primary was exemplary. No name-calling, no comments about the size of candidates' hands or ethnicity or how much they sweat or if they go to the bathroom. Inside secret, they do. That stuff is for third graders. Come on. That's like major arrested development stuff. That's I'm still emotionally for and calling people names from my golden-crusted sandbox because I was given money instead of human touch or coping tools stuff. But I digress. I've just been told to scratch. <laughs> Hillary heard the passion of the people, the people behind Bernie, and brought those passions into the party's platform. And that, that is the process of democracy at its very best. And it's very cool to see. Democratic nominee, and I will proudly vote for her. It's so inspiring. It's so inspiring. Just a few years ago, she was a secretary, and now she's going to be president. I mean, come on. She's like the only person ever to be overqualified for a job the president. So I tell you this, I will vote for Hillary with gusto as I, as I continue to be inspired and moved to action by the ideals set forth by Bernie, who will never stop fighting for us. I am proud to be a part of Bernie's movement and a vital part of that movement is making absolutely sure that Hillary Clinton is our next president of the United States. Bouya Baba Bui. Gee, that was... That was pretty good, Sarah. Ridiculous. He told us to stretch, so I figured I'd add that. He made me cut off my speech, and now we have to stretch. Oh, I have so much I want to say. Well, okay, we, you know. Listen to that, listen to that, listen to what you did. This is a comedian. This is the power of comedy. Thank God they can fix this in post. Oh. 
You know, we uh, we have been. I want to thank you because Sarah and I have been asked to stretch because um, we are about to introduce someone that we're both huge fans of. How are we doing, guys? We close? Well, we'll see. You know, Sarah, the, what I love about us both being here is that you know, you're, you're, you know, it's like we're a bridge, a bridge. How do you figure that out? How do you figure that we're a bridge? Well, uh, you were for Bernie. Right. I'm for Hillary. So we are like, like a bridge over trouble. Oh, good Lord. Are they ready? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Mr. Yeah, they were still booing. This was late into the program, my friends. So they brought out all their big names. And I didn't watch a whole lot of them. But I'm about to play the speech that the media says was the best speech that was ever given in time of man speaking using words that I am sure Republicans will plagiarize again. I actually heard that. So here is the first wife. to talk with you about why I thought my husband should be president. <laughs> Remember how I told you about his character and conviction, his decency and his grace, the traits that we've seen every day that he served our country in the White House. <laughs> I also told you about our daughters how they are the heart of our hearts, the center of our world. And during our time in the White House, we've had the joy of watching them grow from bubbly little girls into poised young women, a journey that started soon after we arrived in Washington, when they set off for their first day at their new school. I will never forget that winter morning as I watched our girls, just seven and 10 years old, pile into those black SUVs with all those big men with guns. <laughs> and I saw their little faces pressed up against the window. And the only thing I could think was, what have we done? <laughs> See, because at that moment, I realized that our time in the White House would form the foundation for who they would become. And how well we managed this experience could truly make or break them. 
That is what Barack and I think about every day as we try to guide and protect our girls through the challenges of this unusual life in the spotlight. How we urge them to ignore those who question their father's citizenship or faith. How we insist that the hateful language they hear from public figures on TV does not represent the true spirit of this country. How we explain that when someone is cruel or acts like a bully, you don't stoop to their level. No, our motto is, when they go low, we go high. <laughs> with, with every word we utter, with every action we take, we know our kids are watching us. We, as parents, are their most important role models. And let me tell you, Barack and I take that same approach to our jobs as President and First Lady because we know that our words and actions matter, not just to our girls, but to children across this country. Kids, kids who tell us, I saw you on TV, I wrote a report on you for school. <laughs> kids like the little black boy who looked up at my husband, his eyes wide with hope, and he wondered, is my hair like yours? And make no mistake about it, this November, when we go to the polls, that is what we're deciding. Not Democrat or Republican, not left or right. No, in this election and every election is about who will have the power to shape our children for the next four or eight years of their lives. tonight because in this election there is only one person who I trust with that responsibility. Only one person who I believe is truly qualified to be President of the United States and that is our friend Hillary Clinton. to lead this country because I've seen her lifelong devotion to our nation's children. Not just her own daughter, who she has raised to perfection, but, but every child who needs a champion. Kids who take the long way to school to avoid the gangs. Kids who wonder how they'll ever afford college. Kids whose parents don't speak a word of English but dream of a better life. Kids who look to us to determine who and what they can be. You see, Hillary has spent decades doing the relentless, thankless work to actually make a difference in their lives. Advocating for kids with disabilities as a young lawyer, fighting for children's health care as First Lady, and for quality child care in the Senate. And when she didn't win the nomination eight years ago, she didn't get angry or disillusioned. She, Hillary did not 
did not pack up and go home. Because as a true public servant, Hillary knows that this is so much bigger than her own desires and disappointments. So she proudly stepped up to serve our country once again as Secretary of State, traveling the globe to keep our kids safe. And look, there were plenty of moments when Hillary could have decided that this work was too hard that the price of public service was too high, that she was tired of being picked apart for how she looks or how she talks or even how she laughs. But here's the thing. What I admire most about Hillary is that she never buckles under pressure. She, she never takes the easy way out. And Hillary Clinton has never quit on anything in her life. And when I think about the kind of president that I want for my girls and all our children, that's what I want. I want someone with the proven strength to persevere, someone who knows this job and takes it seriously, someone who understands that the issues a president faces are not black and white and cannot be boiled down to 140 characters. Look, because. Because when, when you have the nuclear codes at your fingertips and the military in your command, you can't make snap decisions. You, you can't have a thin skin or a tendency to lash out. You need to be steady and measured and well-informed. I want a president with a record of public service, someone whose life's work shows our children that we don't chase fame and fortune for ourselves. We fight to give everyone a chance to succeed. And, and we give back even when we're struggling ourselves because we know that there is always someone worse off. And there, but for the grace of God, go I. I want a president who will teach our children that everyone in this country matters. A president who truly believes in the vision that our founders put forth all those years ago, that we are all created equal, each a beloved part of the great American story. And when crisis hits, we don't turn against each other. No, we, we listen to each other. We lean on each other because we are always stronger together. And I am here tonight because I know that that is the kind of president that Hillary Clinton will be. And that's why in this election, I'm with her. about one thing and one thing only. It's about leaving something better for our kids. That's, 
how we've always moved this country forward by all of us coming together on behalf of our children. Folks who volunteer to coach that team, to teach that Sunday school class, because they know it takes a village. Heroes of every color and creed who wear the uniform and risk their lives to keep passing down those blessings of liberty. Police officers and the protesters in Dallas who all desperately want to keep our children safe. People who lined up in Orlando to donate blood because it could have been their son, their daughter in that club. Leaders like Tim Kaine. <laughs> who, show, who show our kids what decency and devotion look like. Leaders like Hillary Clinton, who has the guts and the grace to keep coming back and putting those cracks in that highest and hardest glass ceiling until she finally breaks through, lifting all of us along with her. That is the story of this country, the story that has brought me to this stage tonight, the story of generations of people who felt the lash of bondage, the shame of servitude, the sting of segregation, but who kept on striving and hoping and doing what needed to be done so that today I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. watch my daughters, two beautiful, intelligent black young women, playing with their dogs on the White House lawn. And, be and because of Hillary Clinton, my daughters and all our sons and daughters now take for granted that a woman can be President of the United States. So look, so don't let anyone ever tell you that this country isn't great, that somehow we need to make it great again, because this right now is the greatest country on earth. And as my, my daughters prepare to set out into the world, I want a leader who is worthy of that truth a leader who is worthy of my girl's promise and all our kids' promise, a leader who will be guided every day by the love and hope and impossibly big dreams that we all have for our children. So in this election, we cannot sit back and hope that everything works out for the best. We cannot afford to be tired or frustrated or cynical. No, hear me. Between now and November, we need to do what we did eight years ago and four years ago. We need to knock on every door. 
We need to get out every vote. We need to pour every last ounce of our passion and our strength and our love for this country into electing Hillary Clinton as President of the United States of America. So let's get to work. Thank you all. God bless. That right there is the best speech ever given. So say it the media and we'll play it in a second. But I will tell you that I find that so offensive that every time she does a speech, she has to go back to say, I live in a house that was built by slaves. I was only proud. I was proud of America for the first time because my husband was elected. So I'm glad, Mrs. Obama, that the second time you're proud of America because I've been proud of my America my entire life but I find it funny that now Hillary Clinton is awesome when you said this campaigning in Chicago Michelle Obama today told women why her husband should be the next president of the United States one of the things the important aspects of this race is role modeling what good families should look like and my view is that if you can't run your own house you certainly can't run the White House can't do it. Michelle Obama returned to her South Side roots to host a Women for Obama event at the Grand Ballroom on Cottage Grove. Yeah, if you can't run your house, you can't run the White House. So Hillary can't run her house, so what's up? What's up, Michelle? Mm -hmm. CBS took the cake, though, before I play the media stuff in a little while. They had a Twitter of five examples of the coolest floaters ever. And everybody on Twitter asked, is this journalism? So then they brought out Pocahontas to speak. Warren came out just moments after Michelle Obama. And the crowd was much more low-key for her speech. We're here tonight because America faces a choice. One side is a man who inherited a fortune from his father and kept it going by cheating people by skipping out on debts. A man who's never sacrificed anything for anyone. A man who cares only for himself every minute of every day. On the other side of the smartest, toughest, most tenacious people on the earth, planet. A woman who fights children for women, for health care, for human rights. A woman who fights, and that's it. We're done. I, I don't give time to uh, people who fake their heritage. Media was too burned out to see that she did Nazi salutes throughout the whole fucking thing. Wow. It was pretty bad. So the capper was Bernie. Here's Bernie's speech.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all very much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. It is, it is, it is an honor. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is, it is an honor to be here tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I was disappointed with his speech. I disappointed him because he kind of sold out, so to speak. Um, so, basically, after that, we have all of the media losing their mind. So, let's go ahead and play first our friends over at MSDNC. Three things that are true. One is, between him and Hillary Clinton, this is the most qualified ticket in terms of sheer resume that's ever run on either ticket in the history of the country. The second, second thing is Tim. Second thing is Tim Kaine is a tough street fighter. He has never lost an election, and all those ones but he's won. But also the sweetest not, guy. Not lost one. Very nice guy, but also really tough politician. And the third was I was down there in Miami for that event. The contrast between the body language and the chemistry between yeah, Hillary Clinton yeah, yeah. and Tim Kaine and Donald Trump and, and Mike Pence well, could not be more dramatic. Yeah. Those Trump two stay on stage with Pence. These, these two yeah. like each other. They're happy to be campaigning She's together. They're relaxed around yeah. each other. It's comfortable. She's got a uh, partner. You know, uh, I don't think Donald Trump and Mike Pence will ever, may ever see each other again for the rest <laughs> of this campaign. These two are going to be on a bus tour in the Rust Belt immediately after this convention. I think they're going to they're just going to look fantastic. You could, I think the most important speech tonight was Bernie Sanders. I know there'll be more, there'll be the roll call, there'll be more rhetoric. But I have to tell you, I think the Democrats' first night may turn out to be more successful than the Republicans' last night. I, I thought it had a lot of charm and happiness. It had Al Franken's humor, perhaps a bit, a bit too sophisticated for some people, but it was brilliant. 
And I just thought the whole night was a slugger's row of wonderful sentiments from uh, the high uh, esteem that the first ladies received to the to the passion of the progressives uh, to the uh, I had to say good sportsmanship and better of uh, Bernie Sanders. He really laid it in there for Hillary Clinton tonight. And if his followers don't follow him, that's their call. But you can't ask more than what he said tonight. So overall, for putting things together for what we call in politics, fence mending, a um, 10 strike, 10 strike. Sarah Silverman of the great state of New Hampshire to dismiss her as a comedian uh, speaking to this convention would I think dismiss the potential of a real moment there that was an important that was a an important speech and a really important ad lib yeah uh, in terms of the way it was greeted and what it meant uh, it our, our, our friends were watching with us what'd you think Gene what did you think? well um, you know we we're waiting for the political uh, heavy hitters Jane was this, moved by this, the moment obviously no this, <laughs> no this heavy hitting lineup that's coming later in the evening that could have been the most significant speech of the evening you know we'll we'll get to assess that speaking later. as a Bernie supporter but as a Bernie person who has credibility with Bernie supporters who could just say you're being ridiculous, which was... Um, which I think was, the, the more important story she told, and it's so, it just epitomizes everything that's wrong with politics and why everyone is so sick of politicians this year. She was able to say, I am a Bernie person. He moved me and inspired me. And she said it all mm -hmm. along, that he's, he speaks to her heart, Hillary speaks to her head. And then she made, she did, literally was the bridge, and I'm voting for Hillary Clinton, something that no one else who's been there all weekend has been able to communicate mm -hmm. as effectively, and she wouldn't take no for an answer. I thought it was the most effective speech by a celebrity I've ever seen. Congressman Van Hollen, you've been in party leadership as well. You were DCCC chair. You've this is, I'm sorry, I'm telling you from an outside, this is a mess. This is messier. I was in Cleveland, first day, as messy as that looked. This is worse Chuck, right now. Chuck, I'm just Chuck, telling you, Chuck, it, it looks worse. This, although I wonder how much of that is, we are as a public condition to hear more male uh, candidates give the big speech. And, and she's being held to an unfair, a different bar. Well, some would say it's unfair. It's just a different bar. I, I don't I, know. You know what I think is something. What is missed about this convention is the historic moment that we're about to about to have. Thursday. Well, but let me. It's I, I never. I, I, it's funny you say this. For some reason, this historic moment has never glommed onto her. And I don't know why. Because, why? I mean, well, I, I, for me, you know, I, to me, I, my mom cried when she got the nomination. You know, the fact that we're nominating the first woman to be a major party candidate, that's huge. And I think when she goes out there, I think part of this connection that she's going to have to make is about, you know, that challenge that she had to get there. And to Carol's point, the fact is, is there weren't a lot of people who wanted to validate to Donald Trump. Finally, the first night of the DNC here in Philadelphia will feature some of the Democratic Party's most famous faces, and joining them on stage will be an activist who is also an undocumented immigrant. As she tells our Peter Alexander, she has something to say tonight to Donald Trump and others. 
As the Democratic Party's biggest name is prepared to step on stage, hers is unfamiliar, but Astrid Silva's message no less powerful. Can you believe this is your moment to address the country? Um, it's a little bit overwhelming. Silva is a dreamer, one of nearly one and a half million undocumented immigrants brought to the U.S. as children. She arrived when she was just four. For the families that are affected by this, it really means hope and in that we can finally live without that fear. It sort of strikes me that you are living the American dream, all you're missing is being an American. You know, it really goes back to what is being an American, what it doesn't mean. You know, there's so many people in this room that come from different countries and that have become citizens, and they're American. So what is it? And that's what our country is. Our country has always been about opportunity. What's your message to Donald Trump? These aren't just numbers. These aren't statistics. Tonight's speakers, aside from Senator Sanders, include Massachusetts Senator and Chief Donald Trump agitator Elizabeth Warren and First Lady Michelle Obama, one of the more popular figures in the Democratic Party, addressing the delegates and a national television audience tonight. This won't be Cleveland. But it won't be boring. No, this might be way more fun and way more exciting to cover than Cleveland. If you're a progressive, right, and you're looking at what's, whether or not this is your party, to see your guy, Bernie Sanders, being treated that way by the Clinton folks, and then to see the lineup of progressive speakers tonight, not just Sanders himself, but Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker and Raul Grijalva and Keith Ellison and labor leaders and dreamers and Bill McKibben, the environmental activist, all these Sanders supporters speaking, it is hard to explain what the grievance is, especially after you got Debbie Wasserman Schultz's head on a platter to start your convention. Uh, to say that you're so aggrieved that you're going to shut this thing down and basically try to ruin this as a political moment for Hillary Clinton um, is, 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 is something. There's so much wrong in there, I can't even remotely address it all from the most qualified ticket ever to the machismo to Chris Matthews that their first night was better than other nights with all the booze and the locker up and Hillary for prison. I mean, it's to be expected. This is the media. This is how they do these things. They are going straight in to get Hillary elected mode. It's what they do every year. And we're going to hear these over and over. That's why they're carrying the Russian breach water for the DNC. That's why they've covered up the whole DNC WikiLeaks. That's why they're ignoring all their comments. That's why they're ignoring the protests. That's why they're ignoring everything. But that's just MSNBC. Here's CNN. Um, I, what I saw last week, whenever you talked about immigration, it was almost a criminalization of that whole community. Tonight you're seeing a humanization of that community. And I, that little girl had me crying yeah, up here. I mean, to hear that little girl, to see it through the eyes of a child that you have to be afraid that your mom and dad won't be there for you. And so I think that that's an important uh, contribution that they're making tonight, and I'm proud of them for doing that. I'm At the Republican convention, they had Jamil Shaw Sr., an African-American man who lost his 17-year-old son, a star student who was headed for uh, a good college, and he wanted to be a, uh, a sports agent when he grew up. And he was shot to death by an illegal immigrant from Mexico. And Mr. Shaw, needless to say, has a very different opinion about this. Uh, he loved his son. He's very angry about this. He feels that no one paid any attention to him. And Donald Trump is. And I think right there is the difference. Van Jones, I got to call you out. I saw you crying. Well, I mean, first of all, uh, if, you, if, if, you don't, if you weren't moved by that, go see the doctor. 
And I think the Clinton campaign uh, smartly knew that this was going to be the headline of the night. They knew that most Americans weren't tuning in for Bernie Sanders, and no offense to Bernie Sanders, but they were tuning in uh, for Michelle Obama. On so many levels, this was uh, a, a takedown of Donald Trump in a, in a nuanced way, you know, as a parent. Uh, saying we have to be a role model to our children. As a leader, she said, you need to be steady and measured and well-informed. That's just a taste. I, if I really wanted to do a thesis statement on how bad things were, folks, I could go on for six hours. CNN is so with her. It's, like I said, they didn't miss a speaker. They didn't miss a video. They were so in love with Hillary. It, it was obvious. And... You know, with WikiLeaks, it's it's pretty it's pretty self-explanatory. It it is basically what they've been doing. They they are all in. They are with her. And as of this recording right now, Hillary Clinton just went over the top, and I don't see any women crying that she's the first president ever. They're gonna make some people cry. I want to promise you, they're gonna make some cry. So we're gonna. We're going to go live to CNN, and they're reading Vermont. On behalf of the great state of Vermont, a state that helped fight and win the revolution that gave birth to our United States of America, the state that helped fight and win the political revolution of 2016, thanks to our Senator Bernie Sanders. said Sanders taking the floor and he's going to talk but there you go he's a fucking sellout so to close it out on the media stuff there was some racist crap that Keith Ellison tried to bring up because that was the theme of last night a lot of racist stuff everybody's racist we're not the racist party even though we call people taco fucking bowls and we only go up to Latino vote because we want Latinos to vote for us for a century as WikiLeaks shows Here's Keith Ellison being the fucking racist he is. End of the day, yes. Keith Ellison, you're a supporter of Bernie Sanders. What should happen? 
Well, I'm with Bernie on this. I mean, we're focused on getting rid of Donald Trump, making sure he is not the president of the United States. Uh, I agree with Bernie. I'm disappointed to read about it. But at the same time, you know, we do have the worst Republican nominee since George Wallace. We have somebody who is so dangerous in a number of ways, not, not the least of which is his attacks on the press and his pulling press credentials. The First Amendment says freedom of the press. He attacks the press regularly. So I'm, I'm really kind of focused on, on the job at hand, but I am disappointed. But I'm not surprised. But at the same time, you know, I, I just have to keep trudging on, organizing people to turn out the maximum number of votes to defeat Donald Trump. Just the Trump. beginning here in Philadelphia, Congressman Cole, you just came from Cleveland Republican uh, Convention. Uh, was it a success? Well, first, I want to correct my friend. George Wallace was yeah. a proud Democrat and ran for the Democratic nomination, was on that stage down there. A Thank God of times. he got rejected and well, lost. Well, that's, uh, that's yeah. fine. But let's, uh, let's be clear on the record as whose party he belonged to. Uh, in terms of the convention, uh... did you hear that, boys and girls? They're that desperate because their candidate sucks that bad that they're trying to put a, a Democrat off as a Republican. It's sad. But we can talk about real racism, which happened yesterday in the protesters. Organizers of a black resistance march of the DNC ordered white media to move to the back of the bus. And Stephanie Rawling. Blake is chairing this goat fuck of a convention. Yes, she's the one that convicted six officers that have all found to be not guilty. Do we remember that? Do we remember that? So let's go to some stuff that's really important. As I've shown so many times, and it was never mentioned day one, we'll wait for day two, and I'm still staring. Nobody's crying. No women are crying. Nobody's burning their bras and getting all excited. There's, it's not happening. It's not happening. But this is a DNC delegate talking about Hillary's gun policies. But we can't say we want to ban guns. So they're not going to, you got to like hide that. No, right. You got to say you're going to have common sense gun legislation. And then they'd switch them and ban them all. But Hillary would support banning guns, right? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know what her position was. Yeah, I think, well, she doesn't take any positions that are too terribly extreme. I'm James O'Keefe, spokesperson for Citizens Against Senseless Gun Violence. So far, we've shown you how Democratic staffers on Capitol Hill are perfectly willing to put these signs in their homes, showing the world that they're proudly gun-free. Okay, something that you would like to put on in your apartment or, or, or home? I'm actually <laughs> gonna... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh, no! We would, put, we would put the sign right out here in front of this office. But not your home. You know, so the concern is, if, oh, there's no gun. We just kick down the door. Worst thing that's going to happen. Uh, you know. Well, I mean, what I mean, then you're basically saying that that you should have a gun in your house to yeah. protect it. Yeah. No, but there is. Yeah, it's so tough, right? But now it's time to take our efforts a step further by putting one of these signs in front of the White House. That's right, the White House. This week, Democrats will officially nominate Hillary Clinton at their convention in Philadelphia, a candidate who embodies honesty, integrity, and most importantly, 
publicly saying exactly what she means. Because we're going to put a lot of coal miners and coal companies out of business. What I said was totally out of context from what I meant because I have been talking about helping coal country for a very long time. We are very committed to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. We'll say no to bad trade deals and unfair trade practices, including the Trans-Pacific Partnership. I believe that marriage is not just a bond, but a sacred bond between a man and a woman. I'm very, uh, very proud to state that I'm a full supporter of marriage equality right now. With Hillary Clinton in the White House, we'll finally have a president who not only wants to ban guns, but can sell it to the public. In fact, her delegates know exactly how she'll get it done. citizens against senseless gun violence are so excited to have delegates like Mary Bayer to make sure Hillary and the Democrats can finally ban all the guns. But to ensure we have the support we need, we're going to be in Philadelphia all week to ask all the delegates to join us in our fight. Because until we have one of these signs in front of the White House, America will never be truly gun free.
All right, did I, did, did I get it? Good, because I've been watching a lot of Hillary lately, so I can be a better liar on camera. And there it is, my friends. There it is. She's going to try to grab guns. She's going to do everything she says. They know it. She just says she's not. By the way, I'm still watching. And uh, don't see anybody crying. CNN said for the 12th time already, the first time a major party has ever elected a female, there are emotional people out here, but they can't find anybody with their camera. They're looking. They tuned on all females. Nobody's crying. Kind of disappointed, I'm sure. Um, a couple other things. Here are two ads that ran at the end. The first one's going to be Hillary Clinton's new ad, followed by Donald Trump's new ad. Dear, Dear Mrs. Clinton. Dear Secretary Clinton. Hi, Mrs. Hillary Clinton. Dear Mrs. Clinton, my name is Scout and I'm nine years old. I'm so excited you have a chance to become the first woman president. Because from George Washington to Barack Obama, it is ridiculous that there has never been a female president before. 44 boys is too many. It will be hard work to be a grandma and president. I know you can do it. I hope you can encourage people to help and save the earth. Fight for world peace. I would like to see an end to killing by guns. You inspire me so that I can be if you would like help with your campaign, I'm available and I would work for candy. Uh, here's the important thing about that 3 a.m. phone call. What you want is somebody who's, first of all, going to get all the facts and gather up good intelligence. We've seen rage and violence directed at American embassies over an awful Internet video. The second thing you want is somebody who is able to uh, analyze the situation, the costs and benefits of action. We were told to wait stand and stand down. We were delayed three times. The most important thing that you need is somebody who's going to exercise good judgment. I should have used two accounts, one for personal, one for uh, work-related emails. Uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> See the contrast? Little kids reading a script, Barack Obama saying what we all know. That's the difference. That's why those two ads have totally different impacts. And you know why they have most in different impacts? Because last night while all these people were on the stage and they're talking about how Donald Trump's a piece of shit, he's a racist, he's a xebophobe, he's a homophobe, he's a transphobe, he's a sexist, he's a racist, he's an istist, he hates waters, he hates gerbils, he hates kitty cats, he eats freaking baby puppies. Elderly priest murdered at the altar, beheaded by two knife attackers who take nuns and several worshippers prisoners in French church 
as ISIS supporters celebrate online. Mm-hmm. And what was the big announcement for the military yesterday? Here comes G.I. Jane. Army accepts first woman to attend school to become Green Beret. That is why I think Trump's speech is a little more salient. To our lighter fare section for this, I first want to tell you if you're a fan of Georgia, um, Florida, Georgia line, this is what they've done. Warning to law enforcement, stay away. Country music duo Georgia Florida Line is backpedaling after they allegedly dissed law enforcement in both Wisconsin and Iowa. We were on the ground, the entire event covering the campsites, festival grounds, and also backstage, Kenosha Sheriff, Sheriff David Best said. I was informed that Florida Georgia Line spokesman had made the request prior to the concert that no law enforcement be backstage while they were on the grounds. Best said he never found out why the band's agent made this request and that he was a little taken back. Now TMZ has reported the duo did the same thing in Iowa. They don't want police around them. Isn't that nice? So I went to a Twitchy article, the DNC, an all-gender bathroom, and you'll never guess where it is. The oppressive heat, the insufficient place to buy food and water, the long walking lines, and the multiple evacuations for the media tent due to severe thorns. The DNC convention is logistic logistic disaster. Perhaps one of the most egregious parts of DNC comes in the sole all-gender bathroom, placed directly next to Media Row. What a coincidence. That right, the DNC converted one of the women's restroom into a gender-neutral bathroom by sticking a sign on the wall. Another article from Hot Air, a little more of the sights and sounds of DNC. The first item on top Hot Air's discovery of tremendous cover-ups going on convention, which has transgender and female communities should be aware of, and it's literally a cover-up. For those of you who caught the Ed Morrissey show yesterday, you may have noticed that Larry O'Connor and I were broadcasting from outside one of the many all-gender restrooms of the facility. This is an important point for Democrats because transgender issues are taking prominent place. And they made every school in the country have transgender fucking bathrooms because that's more important than fighting ISIS. But after the broadcast, I noticed something odd. Here's what the sign outside of all gender restrooms look like. All gender restroom. Not wanting to offend anyone by carelessly using the incorrect facility, I struck out in search of an actual men's room and used and quickly found one. But I was immediately struck by the fact the sign had that one seemed different says men in. That's puzzling, isn't it? So I went back to the original restroom to do some investigation. Journalism, would you know it? Only a few moments working loose, a single scroll revealed the shocking truth. They covered it up. A couple other quick peeks behind the scenes for you. The facility has a gluten-free zone in the food area. That's very big, big with progressives, or so I hear. On my way outside, I noticed a number of people trampling over a blue flag of some sort on the sidewalk. Waited until they clear and went to examine. The results seem to sum up our time at the convention so far. She's with us. Left on the ground, being stomped into the gravel. Mm. So tonight we'll have Tommy McAuliffe. We'll have Georgia Senator Jason Carter. Thaddeus Denman, Dinah Hamer. 
we find we get my Daniel Mellet, Daniel and Mary, uh, Jenny Freeman, Donna Brazil will be there, and she'll be back on ABC next week, being a journalist. Eric Holder's going to come and tell us how we're all racist. Cecile Richards going to come and tell us to kill more babies. That'll be a good speech. Madeline Albright will be there to tell you that if you're not with her, you're not a real woman. And then Bubba Clinton's going to come and tell us why he thinks she should be the President of the United States, even though he doesn't even want to be her wife, because he bones everything that he can stick his pecker into. So there's your roundup for day one of this murder fest I call the DNC convention. But I'm going to send you out with some positive news. MSNBC and NBC, there's no bump. Too bad they didn't read the RCP average. CNN Orc, Trump plus three. CBS News plus one Trump. LA Times and USC. That is liberal as gluten-free zones. Trump plus five. NBC News. Clinton point one. Rasmussen. Trump plus one. He did have a bounce, boys and girls. He did have a bounce. And as Andrea Mitchell says, these validators are not validating when while they're validating, they're still booing. As I close out, I'm staring at my TV and I don't see anybody crying. But still on the CNN banner, first woman nominated by a major party in U.S. history. I go over to Fox, there's nothing. MSNBC doesn't have it either. So CNN with her. Put the hashtag in front of it. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and leave a comment about the track on the track or send an email to flyoverpolitics at excite.com. Once again, you can get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, and Google Play. Going to wrap up today is Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays on a Friday podcast. Um, it won't be a free-for-all. I'll record a free-for-all on Saturday because I already have it ready. Just got to record it. So we'll get those two out then and uh, kind of just take the rest of this pain and suffering and shove it into one podcast and try to get it out of my life because I can't handle it. So until next time, my friends, thanks for listening. Remember, this is our country. And as the elites in the media and on the coast take our country to the ditch, it takes us to stand up and stop the stupid. As Lynn Patton said, remember, don't for a, vote for a candidate who wants you to stand with her. Vote for a candidate that will stand with you. The establishment has forgotten us. They have forgotten the normal Americans right. in the flyover states. Oh, Thanks, heard. friends. I love working for Uncle Sam.